In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. This is episode 25. I feel like this is like a quarter of a century. Just kidding. It is so exciting to be at episode 25. I always appreciate just connecting with all of you and learning from all of you. And I have a big win, you guys. We hit 50 written reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much. This is because of you as listeners. You are helping Ordinary Sherpa get exposed to more audiences. With that, I do need to read this written review. This was just, it was so fun. I always look at these. Just so you know, this is the highlight of my week. In case you want to make me really happy, you go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review, and it walks you through how to write a written review, and you make Heidi crazy happy. I get giddy, like silly giddy. This one is from Ben Esteban. It says, who does not want more adventure? Adventure is one of the aspects that usually gets neglected once you start a family. You commit to work to provide for your family, and with all the routines of family, adventure is usually limited to those short vacations we can squeeze into our busy schedules. Heidi is truly a fantastic Sherpa, showing all of us how we can make adventure a consistent thread in our lives. Thank you so much, Ben. I think you were my 50th review. I'm so excited. Let's see if we can keep them going. It's going to be a fun summer. I am already gearing up and we're making plans. I'm I'm assuming many of you are too. I cannot believe that school and this year, this school year, at least for us, is just about to end. And it also feels like it's crunch time. This time every single year, I feel like the demand for wrapping everything up and getting things done is is high. (laughs) And the demand for figuring all the things out is also high. I've kind of coined the phrase that we're trying to be like mediocre minimalists because we're trying to limit what all gets included in our lives and spend time together as a family and prioritize what's important. But that gets really hard when your kids are older and wanting to see people and be engaged in different activities. So we're starting that that struggle is real. So we are definitely really trying to stay focused on maintaining some healthy adventure. I will just share one more thing before we get into this episode. I always love to share tips and tricks with all my listeners. We do a seasonal adventure list, and it's just a brainstorming list that we do as a family. And one of the items that's been on our list for a really long time is a bike circle, a bike trail, about an hour. So we always try to keep our what we call backyard adventures within an hour from our house so that if we have a couple of hours on an afternoon that are unplanned, we can go off an adventure and try something different. Many of you have heard my brown sign adventures are high on that list, but also this one is just one activity that's been on our list for a long time. We really like to look for bike trails or waterfalls or sometimes playgrounds, and this one this week was a bike trail in Stevens Point, which is about an hour from our house. It is a 27-mile loop, and I guess I don't know why I thought we could do that. (laughs) It's just so funny. Yeah, my kids... Yeah, they did awesome. We did 50, almost 15 miles. And my goodness, my little five-year-old's legs were going crazy. 
we'd stop every five miles or so and, you know, have a snack and it just was fun. So I encourage you, especially as the weather's getting warm, let's try and find a little backyard adventure of something that doesn't have to be super epic. Something that maybe you're curious about that you haven't tried that doesn't cost a lot of money, but just explore what's within your neighborhood. Again, I always say like an hour away. So usually that's like 40 or 50 miles away. So I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear what you come up with and what are some of the things you do. Those are also very healthy, untourist attractions sometimes If for those of us Sherpas that are traveling and exploring different places. So I'd love to have you jump over to the Facebook group and share what you're doing. My path first intersected with this guest in 2018 as I was looking for inspiration for family adventures. I stumbled upon a podcast of a family who sold everything and lived full-time in an RV, and then I later heard them speak as a guest on an unschooling podcast. They spoke openly about the joy and challenges of this simple and authentic life that they were creating and inspiring so many other families along the way. I have always been one to challenge the status quo and found their story really inspiring. Here was a family who decided that all the stuff that was taking over their life, there was an option for something different. They also were originally from Wisconsin, which is kind of intriguing. This family of six and two dogs, I might add, hit the road in 2014 in an RV to explore North America and are still going strong after seven years. Having grown up in a traditional family with life and school and sporting events, they knew they were embarking on a completely different lifestyle and still question to this day if they're doing things right, but can't imagine going back to that life. Along the way, this mom built two remote businesses, has incredible adventures, and spent many nights around the campfire. She's a speaker and educator on RVing, on being an entrepreneur, and also produces content to inspire others to get on the road with their families. I have been a listener, a blog reader, an email subscriber, and recently volunteered to help them with their book launch and have been really excited about their courage, about the adventurous spirits that they always bring to this space. So when Ordinary Sherpa launched, I secretly had it in the back of my mind that I wanted this guest to be on the show and hoping that one day I might get the chance to speak with her. So it is an honor and a privilege, Brianna Royal, to have you here today. Brianna, welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you. And thank you for that amazing introduction. It, um, yeah, I'm like blushing. <laughs> so thank you for that. I'm super excited to be here. And of course, so thankful for you helping with the launch. Of course, no real idea what I was doing. So it was awesome to have a team of people behind me that I could throw ideas around and, and just feel like people were there supporting me and cheering me on to keep me going. So thank you for being part of that and for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. Brianna, I feel like that's just how you roll, though. I mean, when you embarked on this lifestyle, did you have any idea that this was going to become your new life? Or did you just kind of think like, well, we'll try it and see how it goes? Yeah, um, I don't know if we had that answered. (laughs) I think it was kind of like we're ready to do something different and let's give this big, massive change a go. Why not? We saw other people doing it, so why couldn't we do it? And it was kind of like, let's go into it and just say we're going to do it. I will say when we did start this lifestyle that we didn't say we're going to do it six months, we're going to do it a year. Like It was like, we're going to do this and this is just what we're going to do. Like There wasn't an end date. And I know we talked to a lot of people on the road that are like, oh, we were going to do this for a year. And then we decided to do it for two years or, you know, six months. And then we decided for three years. And for us, like there never was an end date. So I know going into it it was like, we were all in. Did I think we would be here seven years later still doing it? I don't know if I'd say that, (laughs) but we definitely did not have any schedule or plan around what we were doing. Yeah. 
And, you know, one of the goals of this podcast is really to inspire families to connect through adventure. And so I see that a lot in your story and a lot of the things. And we're going to get into that. I want to pause, though, because there's also the the Sherpa concept of really helping other people reach their summit. I'm curious, was there anyone when you first started that you would say kind of were your role models in this space or that you could lean on around helping you understand what full time RV family life looked like? You know what? It was really interesting back then because there just were not as many people that were out there doing it. And from a social media perspective, you didn't see it all over the place. So um, the the accounts that we did find, and when I say we, my sister is actually doing this at the same time as we were. Her and her family were going to do the same thing as we were. So we had each other to kind of lean on to like bounce those ideas off of each other and to talk through things. So either, even though neither one of us knew what we were doing, (laughs) it was still good to have someone else that we could share the same fears with and share the same questions with and all of that. So that was a big part of it to really help make it a reality. And then outside of that, the accounts that we did follow were um, Currently Wandering, which was a family that was on the road in an Airstream with their three kids and had been doing it for, I don't know if a full year or six months or something like that by the time we found them. So it was definitely watching their stuff like, I want to do that. And then the Eventure Project was a family that was doing it international. And it was like, okay, that's really cool. They have four kids. They're international they can do it. We can do it. And then the other one was Why Travel Blog, which we ended up traveling with for quite a while, um, a couple of years ago. And they were in Australia doing it with two kids. So we had kind of these people out there that I know from my perspective made me go, well, they can do it. I can do it. Like if anyone's able to do it, I'll be able to figure it out. So it was nice to kind of have those, but they seemed so far removed. Like I couldn't talk to them. I didn't ever chat with them about what they were doing or anything like that before we got on the road. It was just following their accounts they did have and their emails and that. But then having my sister there to bounce the ideas off of was huge and super helpful at the beginning. I understand. So I've been camping for a while and and not full-time RVing, but I understand the values that this lifestyle brings. You know, I think about the simplicity. I joke with my husband. I'm like, do you know how awesome it is to wash five bowls and <laughs> or only have five cups? You know, like it is so freeing to get rid of some of that stuff, but also just you're in a smaller space, you're connecting, plus the freedom that it brings when you look back actually where you are today, even are there things that you miss about your old lifestyle or is there so many pros from what you're living now that it just outweighs all those old things that you miss? I'd like to always be totally honest. So yes, there are definitely things that I miss, but those things, once I sit and think about it, I can then go, but I wouldn't give all this up for those things. (laughs) So, and those things that I miss are like having, like we had a big jacuzzi bathtub. I'm like, oh man, do I miss that jacuzzi (laughs) bathtub? (laughs) Like it was one of those like things that was just so nice to have. And I knew going on the road, it would be gone. And it was like, okay. Like I can, I can let this go. And then other than that, like we had like a gorgeous like house that we had built with like a fully like fixed up basement. And we had like a huge master bedroom and the kids all had their rooms and there's and this huge kitchen and a great outdoor deck and a pool and, you know, the whole setup, like you think you want, you know, the, the perfect setup, the American dream. And definitely there's times when I'm like, Oh, like, 
I miss just walking into that house and being like, oh, I love it here. Like, I love this house, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, there are those aspects of it that I miss. And then I stop and go, but wait a second, it was never clean. (laughs) It was just so much space to take care of and to manage. And it took up so much time to do all of that. And it took up so much money to maintain it. And it meant we wouldn't have been able to do blah, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. over the years what we've done. So that pulls me back in to say like, no, no, it's, we're good. We're good where we're at. But all that to be said, like, yeah, there are still those moments that sneak in and it's like, oh, I miss that. But then I get over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. I joked, we just left um, and we flew down on a one-way trip, which was kind of interesting <laughs> and drove the RV back. And so there are little things where like, I really miss our bikes. Well, we could solve that problem though, by, you know, renting a bike somewhere and having that experience for the day. But there are things too. Like, I wonder, do you ever just rent a house just to be like, Oh, I wonder what it's like. Or do you pretty much just kind of stay with your RV life? And no, we've over the years done multiple random things. So we have um, stayed in a house a few times and one time for winter, cause winter is kind of a weird time in an RV to travel. There's really only so many places you can go in the RV where the weather is like really like nice or good in the winter months. So a couple years ago, we rented a house in Georgia and like North Georgia, and we just stayed there for two months. So that was kind of that idea. Like, let's get this experience of just being in a house and like, see what that's like. So when we do start to feel that we are able to do that and we have done it. And I will say though, that it's a huge hassle to take everything out of the RV and into a house and then put everything Mm -hmm. from the house, like back into the RV. So what we found, even if we go visit like friends where we like boondock or like stay the night, like in our RV, like on their driveway, they'll be like, well, come in and sleep. I have this great guest bedroom you can sleep in. It'd be awesome. It's a regular bed. And we're like, no, no, we want to just sleep in the RV. Like we're all comfortable in here. Like everyone has their own beds. We know where everything is. Like it's our space. So we find that it is sometimes just way too much of a hassle to move everything out of the RV into a space. And instead like RV is our home and it does feel like that. And especially now that we're in a bigger rig, it, we don't have as much of a desire to do that. Mm -hmm. So talk about, let's talk about kids for a second. Um, Do your kids, you know, I'm assuming things like the normal, and I'm putting normal in quotes, by the way, so don't (laughs) feel like it's a judgment, but things like, you know, sporting events or kids sleepovers. Do you feel like you're able to find ways for your kids to still have those types of experiences? Oh, yes. So the sporting events are a little bit more of a struggle and is definitely something that is always weighing on me because I grew up being a competitive gymnast. I grew up playing soccer. I actually went to college on a soccer scholarship. Um, My husband grew up playing sports, playing baseball and golf. And, you know, we were, that was a big part of our life, like, you know, playing sports growing up. So the fact that our kids aren't having that level of sporting experience definitely weighs on me. But again, it's one of those choices that we've made and I'm okay with. So outside of that, we try to help them get their own activities together in the sense, like if we're at a campground and there's a bunch of kids, like we'll try to put a football game together for our sons to do. Or like last year in Florida, my oldest son actually put together a whole league that he like did a video presentation of each of the players and like took their pictures and he made jerseys and he did all of this stuff for it and like had this league going that they created. So it's an, it's a little bit more of that, like back in the, I guess, 1950s, like backyard playing <laughs> where the kids would just run out to the field and play like idea. So we try to encourage that. Or like when we were in Georgia, where we stayed for the two months, like we signed my daughter up for dance classes and actually had private lessons done so she could have 
have her own little recital. So like we bought her the outfit. And so it's all these like different ways of, of trying to still incorporate that into it. It's not the same as what we had growing up, but it is a way to still incorporate that like into our life. And I think it's been it's been good and it's been cool and it's made them enjoy the sports for what they are and not for the competition aspect, which mm-hmm. is hard for me to say because I'm super competitive because I'm like, well, don't you want to be competitive? <laughs> you know, but I'm trying to also be like, OK, like do what you enjoy. And if one of them really wants to excel at a specific sport, like we'll take them and, and get them into that competition, like the kids did jujitsu for a while when we were back same with Craig's family so we got them into those and there was a competition and like we took it to them and like let or took them there and let them try it and so it's always kind of that if there's an opportunity there taking advantage of it or creating our own opportunity and then when it comes to like sleepovers and things like that like no worries there like we have families on the road that (laughs) we've been traveling with and like the kids are sleeping over left and right and would do it more often than we even do because we're like we can't do it every night guys like (laughs) you probably have the opposite problem right where it's like oh we sleep over all the time exactly that's exactly exactly what it is so it's um you know trying to balance that um within like just still trying to live like a somewhat normal life like it's not the weekend let's say the sleepover is like for the weekend when really to our kids are like what's the weekend like every day is the weekend so um so yeah but so that type of stuff and even just the kids and like having other kids to play with like there is no problem with that. If anything, it's sometimes having to step away and say, we're going to go where there are no other people. So we can just focus in on our family because there's just so many other kids and families and everything, you know, which is amazing and fun. And but can also get to hit a point where it's like, okay, we need to refocus on just us for a minute. So <laughs> yeah, and you go into a lot of this in your book. And I found it really helpful, just different ways that you find families and connect. And also, you know, things I don't always think about, um, some of the things like you talked about with like mail and banking and doctor's appointments. The one that actually really surprised me that I totally never thought of was your pets. Um, you, I think it's kind of ironic. You know, when I started looking at families who adventure, first of all, I was a pretty adventurous person and I didn't always see people bringing their kids along. So that was number one for me, but I don't always see families and pets. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of really good insights and I know your dogs have, you know, been with you and you've had some hard decisions over the journey, but any insights with traveling with pets? Because I think that's tricky too. Just a couple high level things that you've learned in bringing your dogs along with in the RV. Yeah. So actually for us, one of the big reasons we did RVing was to be able to bring the pets with. So if we hadn't had the pets, we may have chose a different route. We may have done international stuff first instead of doing RVing, but because of the ability to bring our pets with us, RVing was a great option for that. Now, what I usually do tell people is if you have a pet, it is by all means, go in an RV and bring them with and you will figure it out. And it can be amazing to have your pets there with you so that, you know, you can go out and you can do the the hikes with the dogs or, or if you have a cat, you can have your cat with you at night, like snuggling you or, you know, whatever it is, like just like you would in a house, like having a pet with you can be amazing. However, it does have its challenges. So it is something to keep in mind. Like I usually tell people if you're on the road, and you don't have animals, I wouldn't recommend getting them just because it adds those extra elements to it. And it's like, if you want to go into a national park, you might have to drive an hour to get to the national park. You might want to be in there for 12 hours and drive back. That's 14 hours. Like your pet, I don't know if they're going to make that a cat. Sure. They'll they'll be fine. A dog like that's, you know, you got to figure out how to manage that. So, um, but what we found over the years is there's always a way to manage it. So we had 
like a video recorder on like in our rig that was connected to Wi-Fi. So when we were places that we had internet on our cell phone, we could check in on the dogs and like see them on the video. Like, okay, they're good. All right, we're all good. Mm -hmm. um, we got them like bark collars that were just like sprayed like citronella. So they wouldn't bark when we weren't in the RV and, and things like that. So we always, and we always left windows open even with the AC on in case the power went out. And so all of these little tips and tricks that we have learned over the years on how to manage it. And we do have all of that in the book and we definitely would not have chosen not to have them with us. And now that they're no longer with us, it's sad. And we're like trying not to like go out and like get another pet right now, just for those reasons that like we do want to do some other overnight stays in tents or different things that'd be hard to bring them with. So it's like, okay, we're just waiting, but we definitely like, you know, life without pets just doesn't quite feel right. So <laughs> yeah, I know there's, they become such a part of your family. It's totally. so hard. Totally. We joke about that too, because I think one of the things we miss, you know, if we talk about the things that you miss in real life, one of them is when we do travel, our dog doesn't come with us. And that's hard. You know, mm -hmm. it, it really limits how long we're willing to be gone yeah. and finding people to care for your pets. So we kind of joked our dog's name is Finley and Finley's really not therapy dog material. So she's yeah. never going to make it on an airplane and she's really not going to, you know, I see a lot of people traveling through airports and stuff. I'm like, that's just never going to work for us. So yeah. I really, <laughs> yeah. That's where the really RV like is perfect. It's perfect for it. And like RVing, the, the, I would say almost every other RV at any campground we're at has a pet. Like it is yeah. just the thing that people do, even retired couples or whatever. Like there are pets at RV parks. It's well known. It's a thing like people have them. So it definitely is a great way to be able to bring your pet with you and then not limit the amount of time that you can be out on the road traveling, which is awesome. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, because you are an entrepreneur and you've, you know, grown into this lifestyle. We've had previous guests that talk just about lifestyle design and financial independence and things of that nature. You want to talk a little bit about your professional background and how you kind of landed in this space of becoming, well, I'll talk about your business too, maybe, and, and just talk how you have afforded to maintain this lifestyle for seven years. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> it's funny when you talk about like having someone on like talking about this like plan and the financial whatever, because like there is no like plan in like our life like at <laughs> all. Like, it's just kind of like, what should we do now? Um, so originally, I went to college and got a degree in marketing and management information systems, which is like not a computer science degree. It's like your IT degree or whatever, and went into corporate world right after college and worked a really good job and was making really good money. And then at the time, my husband and I are high school sweethearts. So like he went to college to get a computer science degree. He got a job right out of college. But both of us knew that when we had kids that I would stay home. So we kind of had like a let's get married in about four or five years after that, we're going to have kids. So let's just like save up our money now or get up, build a house and blah, blah, blah. So then when um, Carson, our son was born, I stopped working and that was always going to be the plan. So then once I stopped working, we had Carson and then um, he was about a year or so old and it was like, okay, I want to do something to bring in money. So I actually started doing like some MLM type of stuff. I worked for Dove Chocolate Discoveries and sold chocolate through like house parties, kind of like a pampered chef like type of thing and mm -hmm. actually got pretty successful in that and was making more money than I thought like I would make with it and just really fell in love with the whole entrepreneur like concept and like that wasn't my own business that I created per se, but it was something that the tools were given to me and I was able to start it and build it to where I wanted to. So that really started kind of my like, oh, okay, like this is cool. Like I like this. 
then um, we had the twins and then we had Knox. And then after that, when we decided to go on the road, we didn't know what we were going to do. Like, like most people were like, we're going to start a blog and that's going to like fund our travels. (laughs) Well, yeah, easier said than done. Right. But it was like, that's what we're going to do. But my thought was like, okay, I'm going to start these businesses kind of just to like supplement what we're going to do. And then Craig had a nine to five job, my husband, that we were able to take on the road. But what we realized is that he was working like his nine to five job from the road, which is amazing. We had to be back to Wisconsin every like three weeks, every 10 weeks. Like there was definitely like a we didn't have as much freedom as we wanted. And then him having to work the nine to five, we were like, oh, I don't know if we like this. So from there, it was like, all right, now what do we do? And basically gave myself six months to build my business, which that business at the time, I had started a virtual assistant business called Virtual Powerhouse. And I was working on the blog. But kind of looking at those two, it was like, which one of these within six months could get it to where Craig could stop working? And I knew the blog was more of a long-term goal. So I didn't stop working on the blog or on our brand, Crazy Family Adventure. I continued to work on that, but I put a lot of focus into Virtual Powerhouse and building that up so I had enough clients, enough income, so that Craig could leave leave his nine-to-five job with the goal that the blog would be our full-time income whenever we hit that point with it. So kind of just started building both of those up. And then we hit the point where both of those are their own full-time income on their own, like separate from each other. But then realized, oh, it's kind of nice to have extra money. (laughs) So how about we just keep both of them and we scale it by hiring people and figuring out different ways to continue to grow it, which isn't going to take as much of our time. And that's kind of where we've gotten to this point now where I have Virtual Powerhouse that is a business that supports um, small businesses by doing Pinterest and social media for them. And we have like 45 plus clients and I have a team of like 10 people there that helps me with that. And then from our blog, Crazy Family Adventure, now we have the book, we have a course out there on how to start a virtual business, we have our social media channels, and then on our blog, we make a lot of our income through affiliates and ads. So we've just continued to build both of those. And I found that I love being an entrepreneur and being a mom entrepreneur has its challenges that I still don't know how to do or how to manage. And that guilt you feel like I want to put so much into my business, but then I'm missing with my time with my kids and like figuring out that balance is like always interesting and never goes away. And I've just said, it's never going to go away. I just need to manage it and ebb and flow with it. And then from my husband's perspective, he actually found out that he does not really enjoy being an entrepreneur at all. Like that is not a role that he wants to be in. So we just decided that it made more sense for me to focus on bringing in the income and the businesses. And he would focus more on the kids and on the homeschooling stuff with them and just spending time with them and taking care of the rig and everything. But he has a computer science degree. So he is my in-house IT person, which is amazing because then I don't have to worry about that stuff. I'm like, I don't want to know how the back end of WordPress works. Can you just fix this for me? (laughs) So it allows him to still do some things that he loves and, but yet not have to be in this entrepreneur, like getting clients and figuring that out and doing whatever he can instead just focus on the technical aspects of the things that he likes to do. So again, like when I look back, I'm like seven years ago, I would by no means have been able to say this is where we'd be right now. Like mm-hmm. no clue. Like, and even when I think about us getting on the road, I'm like, how do we do that? Like, we didn't even know how we were going to make money. Like what? <laughs> Like my husband had his nine to five job, but like we knew he didn't want to keep that. And we didn't even know he was going to be able to take that remote. But what we found is that 
by putting ourselves in the situation where we sold our house. So we had a good amount of money in savings and knew we were going to potentially spend some of that to help us get to this next point. But just putting ourselves in that situation opened up opportunities that continue to open up because we have the ability to take those in and do them because we're not stuck to a nine to five work schedule, a nine to five school schedule, like anything like that. When we opened our world that way, it really just gave room for those opportunities to come in. Yeah, I think that really, it it, it almost feels like that's part of your personality. You know, there's there's a certain level of crazy that just comes with (laughs) who you guys are, I think, and the willingness to take the risk. I feel adventure is one of those things, though, that gives you permission to be a risk taker because you don't always know what it's going to be like or what the opportunity is. Sometimes they land in your lap. and, And so being open to those opportunities when they present themselves has just been a really thought-provoking way for you guys to keep going. Yeah, totally. And I would say for anyone listening to that's like, I'm not a risk taker. Like I would say I would not categorize myself like as a risk taker. Like I am much more of a like, how do I do it? Like someone tell me how to do it. Like, okay. But for some reason, like when it comes into this, like I think I'm more one of those, if you put something in front of me, I'm going to go figure out how to do it. It's more of the challenge of it than it is for me, like feeling like I'm taking a risk. It's more of like, it's not a risk. Like I'm just going to figure it out. Like it's not. So there's a little bit of a different like look on it because I'm not someone to be like, oh my gosh, like we should go do this amazing journey. And I know nothing about it. Like that scares me. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, like, hold on. But then once I have just a few of the pieces, I can go, okay, that's enough for me to go like figure it out. I don't need all my ducks in a row by any means, but I need to at least have my head wrapped around the idea that someone else is doing it. That means I'll be able to figure it out. And here's a few things I could do. Okay, we can do this. Like, so Mm -hmm. it's a different level of risk. But I just think sometimes people think you've got to like, you know, just close your eyes and jump. And I would say it's not all that, but you also aren't going to have like, you know, 10 parachutes behind you either. Like you've got to be willing to have one parachute and go for it. (laughs) Yeah, You you can have a parachute. That's okay. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like that might be your competitive, you know, like there's enough of a competitive edge in there that you want to figure it out too. So yeah. yeah. So it's a combination of multiple things. I also think it does not take one type of person in order to live this lifestyle at all. There are so many different kinds of people out there that are living this lifestyle and making it work. There's so many ways you can make it work. Yeah. So let's talk just about energy for a second. How do you keep your energy up? How do you take care of yourself on the road? Are are there any tips just for like, you talk about balance and I feel like balance is somewhat of a myth in some ways, you know, there's just, you never have everything equilibrium. It's just impossible. So how do you maintain your energy? And I'm sure you've had people along the way that didn't support this decision. How do you kind of keep focused on what is important for you and your family? I think just stubbornness. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should be friends. (laughs) I really think it just comes down to that. It's like, and if I want to have energy, I'm going to go figure out how to get energy. Like I'm going to do it. But, and believe me, like by no means is my head like on like totally straight. Like I'm all over the place with still trying to improve myself and trying to do like, I keep trying meditation. I just doesn't quite stick or like trying to do yoga or trying to do, you know, like I'm still working through all those same things that no matter where you're living your life, you're still trying to figure out and grow as a person and, you know, make, make it what you want it to be. But I would say that I really like try to focus. So our, our why behind doing this was like family freedom and travel. And it, those three interchange themselves. And sometimes one takes over way too much from the others. And it's just a constant ability to be able to 
stop and go, wait a second, this is this isn't what we are looking for. Like let's let's reevaluate and reposition things. And that happens all the time. Like you would think at this point, seven years in, like we would have this all figured out and like we don't. But I think that's part of why we can continue to do it is because we're never going to. Like we're gonna always be ebbing and flowing and changing and that's okay. And there's there's something magical about that and there's opportunities that present themselves because of it. And I also think that we really do try to focus on being just on joy and and being happy each individually and in the things we're doing. And and I'm always amazed, even in the like full-time traveling community on the road, like how many people like try to just take their normal life from Mm -hmm. back when they were in a house and just bring it on the road. And I'm like, why? I'm like, it's a Tuesday. Like, let's go out and like go dancing tonight because we can, like, it doesn't matter that it's a Tuesday and no one else. And you know, most other people aren't doing this. Like, let's just do that. Let's sit at a campfire until two in the morning talking because the conversations are so good. Like let the kids stay up until midnight or one or two in the morning because they're having fun running around and playing and they're really invested in something they're doing. Like let's throw this like concept out the window that things need to be so structured and kids need to go to bed at a certain time, get up at a certain time. And we as adults like need to like do the same, like have a set schedule. I'm like, no, like let's just find the joy and enjoy it for like what it is. And as easy as maybe I'm saying that, like I still struggle with it too sometimes and have to like tell myself like, yes, I want that. And it's okay. It's okay to look for that and to do that and to live the life we want to live, not the life that someone else is trying to tell us we should be living. Yeah. And when you strip away all that other stuff, right? It's here's your why and you're really pretty clear about your why. Help me picture this for just a second. Like put break it down. All these adventures you've been on, maybe highlight or paint the picture of like two super amazing events or not even events, but like moments when you realize like, yes, this is why we do this. What are some of those simple things or what are some of those reminders for you when life gets hard? Like paint the picture for us and our listeners, take us on this little journey with you. What are some of those moments or where are you and what kind of things are you doing? Yeah, totally. So I would say before I get into like a specific examples, I would say just overall, like those moments happen like all the time, all day long, and even just the simple things. And I like that about this lifestyle too, that that can mean that like I'm laying in bed, like snuggling one of my kids that came in to lay with me until 10 a.m. in the morning and no one needs to rush. Like just that, the beauty in that, like there's not nothing set that's telling us we have to leave and to go do something at that moment. So I think those little moments that happen or like at the end of the night, if everyone's in our RV and like this, tight little space and it just feels like good and cozy and like what it should be. And even had like one of our kids like said that to me when we were staying in a house, like with, um, it was when we were staying with, um, Craig's family in their house, like in the winter, we were inside their house for a few months or a few weeks. And he said, mommy, I really miss the RV and the way that it just feels so cozy in there. Like the fact that like the kids like see that for what it is too, like that this just this life we have in itself, like just leads itself to feeling that warmth and feeling that coziness. And and then on the next hand, you know, two minutes later, everyone's yelling at each other. So there's a reality in there too. But <laughs> but those little moments that come up just throughout this lifestyle really are amazing. Or like when like my youngest, he said to me the other day, he's like, mommy, I said, well, Knox, do you like like the way that like we're living right now and how things are going? He goes, I wouldn't change anything. And it's like, 
oh, okay, like, all right, that makes me feel like as a parent, like we're doing okay here. Um, so those little moments, but then outside of that, I would say the bigger moments are more of that idea, like we're in Glacier National Park and we go on a hike and we're hiking up to where you can see this glacier. So we're hiking up there and it's a hard hike and it's a challenge and, you know, the kids are doing it and we're, I want to say it was five miles to get to where the glacier was. So it was a decent, you know, hike and going up elevation and everything. And then we come around the corner to see where the glacier is. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, look at that. And the water was filled with like icebergs. And it was like this little lake. So, I mean, it was below the glacier, but there were these icebergs in it, which we didn't know was going to be there. And just the scene in front of us was like, holy cow, like this is unbelievable. Like you don't see this because you have to hike this far to get here. You can't just get on a tour bus and go see this. Like effort went into it and then we got there and we saw it. And it was just that those moments when you can see like, I'm not telling the kids to be excited. (laughs) I'm not telling them how cool it is. Like they're just seeing it and you can see it in their eyes and they turn around and look at me like, mommy, do you see that? Like, that's so amazing. Like so awesome. And our kids have seen a lot and done a lot. So when we hit those moments where we can still be in awe and the fact that me and my husband are as well, like is really like, okay, like, yes, like this is why like we're doing this. And this is why we put our, ourselves through these challenges is because we have these moments still where nature just like amazes us. And we didn't even like know to expect that. And then the effort to hike there and hike back and how we're exhausted when we're done, yet all feels so good and so accomplished is just a really like amazing feeling. And then also now here where we're at in Texas, the kids have been surfing and going out and watching them on the beach, like just literally they can surf. They take a board out, they catch a wave, they stand up and they surf in and they're like, you know, throwing us like these like huge smiles and like the, whatever the sign is you do when you're surfing and like all of that. (laughs) And just like seeing that stuff and going like, yes, like this is why we're doing this because back in Wisconsin, you would have been either sitting in a classroom or inside our house because it's too cold to be outside and we couldn't be doing this stuff. But yet here you are for hours, like out surfing in the ocean and just learning this new skill that now when we leave here, we won't be surfing again. But when we come back again, somewhere like this, you'll have that skill that you've learned that you'll be able to pick up and, you know, continue to do on your own. So I don't know if that was what you had in mind yes. or not, but like those are amazing. things that come to mind for me is just those those moments. <laughs> yeah, that I actually had goosebumps at one of them because I was like, I feel it. Like I've been there. I've had those moments and I really appreciate you kind of painting the picture because I think that's, it's easy to overlook. It's easy to let the hard stuff overshadow mm-hmm. these really, like you said, the really small things that just are really simple, but also these big awe-inspiring moments that you can't get at reading a book or right. watching a movie or playing a game, you know, it's just so different to actually see it and experience it. Well, and also just to put in the effort to be able to see it, like yes. they're tired from doing that hike, like that they can feel that their body brought them to this place. And I think that's an amazing part of it as well. Let's talk about one kind of funny side thing. I was, uh, I always laugh when, when someone's from Wisconsin, I'm like, oh, they understand mosquitoes. It's like a state bird here. <laughs> um, and I was in Florida or maybe it was Georgia last week. I don't remember. And I was like, oh, dang, there's mosquitoes here too. Have you ever been somewhere where there's not mosquitoes or some of those annoying things from nature that maybe turn people off from camping? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. We've been in places where it's been like just perfect, like camping weather. And maybe we caught it at just like the right moment or the right month or whatever it might be, but no bugs, 
if the weather's great, like none of it. So it does definitely exist. And then on the other hand, we've been places where it's like, we're not sitting outside here, get inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is too much. And maybe it's like these no which are these bugs that they have in Florida that you don't even see them. And they like attack your legs. And the next morning you're like, oh my gosh, what happened to me or to the kids? Like what happened? So there's, there's all of that stuff. The same thing all over the country is what we've seen, but we've also found amazing places where we can go. And again, I think some of them, maybe we just got lucky and some of them will pull in somewhere, literally run like from the truck into the RV because the bugs are like so bad. But the nice (laughs) thing is we can just get up the next day and leave and go somewhere else. So (laughs) yeah, true. Very true. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate all of your insights, Brianna. If people wanted to learn more, first of all, I highly recommend the book. I read it cover to cover. In fact, I couldn't even leave you a review until I fully read it. I was like, no, I got to know all of the things. So I really appreciate, highly recommend the book. Do you want to just kind of go through how can people find you? How can they find your book? Um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, totally. So the book is called Full-Time RVing with Kids, an insider's guide to life on the road. And you can find it on Amazon. If you search Full-Time RVing with Kids, it's going to be, it was at least the first or second one that shows up. So hopefully it'll stay there. And then you can get it on Amazon through paperback or you can get it through Kindle. So definitely check that out. Um, I really try to make the book a, a combination of of things you need to know and also stories of the reality of what it's like. And I've had a couple people leave reviews and say, it's like sitting around a campfire, like talking with me. That's how they felt when they read it. And I'm like, okay, good. Like that's what I wanted it to be. So it was really exciting to read that people felt that way about it. So yeah, you can get that on Amazon. And then if you want to follow along kind of more on our daily life and things we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at crazy family adventure is our handle there. And then we also have our blog, crazyfamilyadventure.com that we have blog posts that we've written on almost all the locations we've been to and things to do there. Also tips on full-time RVing as well as just planning an RV trip and a variety of different topics. And the blog focuses on road trips and things to do at destinations, not just specifically to RVing, but just in general. And then we also have RVing content and some content on full-time RV living and working and being a nomad and all that fun stuff. So, um, so yeah, we are all of those places. So any of that, if you want to come follow along, I try to stay up to date on social media and keeping things current, but it's sometimes, uh, ebb and flows like our life. So <laughs> yeah, right. It is. And I've really appreciated. I would agree the book. It, it feels like I'm talking to you or, you know, hearing you talk, obviously we haven't met yet, but at some point we will. Yes. And uh, I really appreciated that voice that you brought that this wasn't like an edited pretty, I don't want to say not pretty, like it was a really awesome no, you story, but you brought, <laughs> no, it's okay. it brought like the realness to it. It wasn't some perfect piece of work that was like, oh, this is what it's like. It was, it was like, these are our real stories. Here's some tips. Here's some things we struggled with. Here's how we reward ourselves. Like all of those things were just so fun. And as I was reading them, I was laughing with my husband. I was like, I think we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. No, that's exactly what we want to hear too. We want to encourage people and, but yet lay the real picture out, you know, yeah. not just like, it's so amazing. Your life's going to be awesome if you do this. Well, yeah, but there's also all these other things to consider and all these emotions emotions you'll go through and all these things. And all of that is normal too. So no, I appreciate it. And I am by no means like a writer. I think it's hilarious that I have a book because like, I am not a writer. I can talk, but writing, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I write great. I talk. <laughs> that's all right. But that's, it came through. It was great. I loved it. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Brianna. It has been fun. And I would encourage anyone, not even just RVing, you know, if people are interested in different locations or uh, follow all of their social media accounts. And I just, I always find some kind of fun inspiration. So encourage you to follow along. Brianna, thank you so much. Say hi to all the kids. I really appreciate you joining us today on the show. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we get a meet up soon on the road. Thank you, Brianna. Oh my gosh, so many good takeaways. Here are seven key takeaways, not just from RVing, but also just in life and ways to approach life. Number one, why not? We saw that others were doing it, so why not us? When they started, there was no end date. They were just giving something a try. Number two, look for the Sherpas. Finding those who can inspire you, but also someone who can share the same questions and fears with. Number three, According to Brianna, there are things I miss, but I wouldn't give all of this up for those things. Number four, by putting themselves in a flexible situation, it opened opportunities because they weren't constrained to a nine to five work or school schedule. Number five, there is risk, but you can still have a parachute. Number six, life is a constant repositioning to focus on joy. And number seven, it's okay to live the life you want to live not the life someone else is telling you that you should be living. As we're gearing up for summer, I do want to make a mention that there are a lot of trip planning things and questions and announcements coming. And the best way to stay in touch or to connect uh, with the other Sherpas or with me directly is through our Facebook group. Or better yet, subscribe to our email subscriber list, which is at OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe. Both of those links are in the show notes. I hope to see you soon online. And until then, thanks for joining us on this journey. Keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.